0: All right, can hear it. All right, chair, if you'd like to sit down. Thank you. Yeah. Good, morning. Good, morning. Good, morning. good morning. Thank you, Pastor Cameron. Yeah, I'm happy today to be with you and have my friend Jan Wagaman, who, her and her husband are part of our church at home. I would ask her to say something, but I want to keep her as a friend, so I won't. Uh, <laughs> She travels with me in Haiti, and uh, she's the kind of friend you want when you're traveling because she picks up all the loose ends. She makes sure I don't leave anything or get in any kind of trouble. God is really good. How you? How, how many of you know that? He's awesome. And uh, his ways are above our ways. And uh, that is, anyway, uh, I'm just me, you know. <laughs> um... Started out in ministry. About how long I've been in Started out in ministry when I was ten years old. Got saved in the Baptist church, and so we lived in an area where none of the people went to church. We lived in the country, actually, and so I gathered up a Sunday school class, and I preached to them. And I was a good Baptist because I preached hellfire and brimstone every time, and uh, they all got saved every time, from the littlest to the oldest. And I had a good crowd because the family next door to us had thirteen kids. <laughs> worked well for me. <laughs> I wonder sometimes, of course, I don't know how many of them are still living, but I wonder sometimes if those kids still remember all of that, but I do. Well, you know, life is full of challenges. How many of you know that? And it's kind of an ongoing thing. I had a little thought before I talked to you about Haiti. I wanted to share with you because it's meant a lot to me. This past couple of years has had challenges. When Pastor Walt went on to be with the Lord, um, I remember I sat down one day after everything was over and everyone had gone home. And I said, okay, Lord, where do I go from here? And... Um, you know, I've always had him to rely on. Made a lot of trips without him, but he was always there when I got home. He was always the one I turned to for wisdom when I was confused on things. And uh, he always helped me with decisions. So I said um, I could just uh, kind of work on retiring from all of that. And then God reminded me that uh, he liked us to be faithful to the end. And that I also... Had 30, at that time, 34 children over there, uh, depending on me, plus the pastors and the churches and for those of you that don't know how many of you have never heard me speak before anybody a few of you okay well I will share with you that we this ministry in Haiti started back in the 50s when my father-in-law and my mother-in-law went there and uh, then in uh, 1981 my father-in-law Walt, had, Walt and I had traveled throughout Mexico I've been border to border coast to coast in Mexico in all kinds of situations and pastor always says tell stories I have lots of them and uh, Mexico was interesting. We've done everything for breakdown and cars. But you know what? In every issue, in everything, God always took care of us. He always has a way. And uh, with the challenges of life, He doesn't always show us anything where we're going. And so for that reason, I want to share something with you because this has meant a lot to me. Where Moses was... uh, getting ready to take the children on. And he says, Then Moses said to the Lord, You say to me, Bring this people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that your nation, this nation is your people. <clears throat> and God said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, and does not bring us up from here, for how then will I... Uh, how then will it be known that you, your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we, have, uh, we shall be separate, and your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight. And I know you by name. He just keeps telling him. And he said, please show me your glory. Moses says, okay, well, if we're going to do all this, I want something a little extra special this time. Could you just show me your glory? Because, you know, this is a big job. I've said that to God a lot of times. You know, Lord, this is a big job. A lot of people are depending on me. And uh, I really know, that I need to know that I am have your grace and I have your leading and I have your favor. Amen. And then he said, I will make my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, so no man can see my face. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock, so it shall be while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you by my Hand while I pass by, then I will take away my hand. You shall see my back, but my face you shall not see. I found out in a lot of things when you're going through things, He shelters you over here. You know He's with you, you feel His presence, but you don't know where He's going. And all that time, He is working things out for your best and for the best of whatever it is He has you going to do. But he doesn't tell you ahead of time. And then after you pass through that thing and you follow him through that thing, then you will see his plan and then you will see his glory and then you'll know what he's been doing for you. Now, I would really prefer that he said now darling we're going to have a home in Haiti and this is the way it's going to be you're going to have all these challenges but I'm going to work it all out like this you know if I had a game plan yeah. but I don't have a game plan it's a day-to-day walk and a day-to-day trust and that's the thing he's shown me that he will always supply Good. and he will always take care of it as long as we're doing it his way yeah. uh, one thing I like little thought I put down I wanted to be sure and share with you but you may not see God coming but you'll know when he's been there and God is never in a hurry have you found that out I'd have a lot of things all done God and Haiti neither one are ever in a hurry and I can guarantee you that everything we go to do I have I just can't even begin to explain to you um how those people think because I don't understand myself. But they're never in any hurry to do anything. And you say, I've got to have it. This month, and you'll get it two or three months later, maybe. And so that's one time, one thing when you read them. Those of you that get my newsletters, and you read in the newsletters and it says, we're going to do so and so and so, and then you read the next. Well, did it get done? No, it hasn't gotten, but we're still going to do it. Yeah. And uh, I wrote them just as an example. I wrote to them, or I called them a couple, three months ago, and I said, now, by the 1st of September, I want all new pictures of the children, And uh, I want to know exactly what school is going to cost. And, uh no, in August, first of August, I want to know what school is going to cost. I want to know what's going on in every, all the parts of the school. I want new pictures of every one of the children because people would like to see them. They change a lot over the year's time. And uh, they said, okay. And every month, I week, I would say when they'd call, I'd say, uh, are the pictures ready? Oh, yeah, yeah, the pictures are ready. And then the uh, news would come and newsletters would come. There was no pictures. I said, what happened to the pictures? Well, well, da, da 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 okay, so we don't get the pictures. Okay, next month we're going to get the pictures. Yes, got the pictures. Well, when the pictures finally got here last week, there was 17 pictures of the children, and the rest of the pictures, I don't know why they didn't get them, but he hadn't gotten around to that, and so he will get that next month. And so eventually those of you that are sponsoring individual children will get a picture, <laughs> but it's, Sometimes a little trying, you know. But one thing we did get a picture of, those of you that get my newsletter know that we had quite a a challenge with electricity this year. And we had to put in a whole new electric system. And so they couldn't get all the children's pictures in. But I got five pictures of the new light we have outside the (laughs) gate. And now if you've been to Haiti with me, how many of you been to Haiti with me here? Anybody? Because you've had people here before. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh. If you've been to Haiti with me you know that the in front of the house was more like an alley than a street. It was very, very dark and we have a big gate around it. And so it's nice that they have that that light and they're very happy with it. It's dusk to dawn, goes on at night, comes and goes off in the morning. So any of them that are going any place have a light to get inside the gate and I did I was happy to get it. It'll be in my next newsletter. So I want you to see it. It's important. But uh Two thousand dollars later, we do have new, elect- a whole new electric system. And every, uh, it, one thing about Haiti I will show, share with you is the fact that most of Haiti, they steal the electricity. If they bring electricity into the villages, well, they just wire into it. And so to this point, the government's never got around to cracking down on that. But they've suddenly realized that they need to do that. So they're starting every area where they put new electric systems in. People are now paying electric bills. And, uh we have less than 40% of the children in school that are going to school going to accredited schools. So our children are going to an accredited school. We're changing schools, however, this year. Some of our children are on a different level. And another thing that happens in Haiti is that for the most part, most children are never graduated 18 because they all start to school later. Yeah. And consequently it takes them longer to get to school, get through school. Some of them it's hard for them to learn because they've lived through such malnutrition and had such hard lives that their learning has, they have a problem learning. But nevertheless, all of our children are in school. They're all, by now they're all on at least the second or third grade level. Mm-hmm. And some of our children are on up to like uh, we have three that are going into uh, seventh grade, I believe it is, this year. And uh, the rest of them are starting. They're coming up and they are learning. And they're all getting computer training, which I feel like is really important, too. Uh, only 15% of the teachers at the primary level have basic teacher qualifications, including university degrees. Nearly 25% have never even attended secondary school. Now, this is not our teachers, but this is Haiti overall. Approximately 75% of all teachers lack adequate training. Many have just 9th or 12th grade educations with no teachers training at all. Less than 20% of the schools have electricity. 39% have clean water, and 15% have a library. So there's still years and years and years behind our education system here. And I'm happy to report to you that some of our children, we have one now going for his doctorate. He's already gotten his... what do they get first? What is it? A master's degree. Bachelor's. <laughs> He's got his master's. He's going on now for a doctorate, and that's Marty. And Marty's been with us when he came to live in the the orphanage. He came actually to live in the boys' home we had for several years. And uh, he'd never been in school. He came from a faraway village. You probably heard me talk about him before. When you go to his village, he has to take a boat way, and um, of all the kids we brought in I suppose if I'd gone by looks I'd have thought he had the least going for him of anybody I remember he had two or three teeth had been knocked out somehow some way and uh, he was about maybe eight or nine at the time about eight I think and uh, ragged had no clothes his father had died his mother was into voodooism and his brother had died and I uh, sister i think also there was two other children but somehow i knew from the very beginning that god had his hand on him and he said you've heard me tell maybe he told me he said you know one day you came in and the home and he said i was very very discouraged and very depressed and he said you came over and put your arm around me and you said someday you're going to be a great man of god And he said, I've always remembered that and worked towards that. And uh, so now he's got about another, I think he's got maybe a year and a half to two years. And he will then graduate again and get his doctorate. And then the school that he's going to has promised to sponsor him to go out into a remote area of Haiti and start his own Bible college, and they'll oversee it. So thank God for that. And, you know, that's when you're sponsoring a child. You don't know down the road. What God's going to do for that child. You don't know what kind of plans. It's the same thing that we just read in the scripture right now you don't know they're covered we're covered we just keep sponsoring some of them will go far in life some of them may not we have another young man that also same type of situation and i remember the day i first saw him he was a little tiny boy he was standing by his mother and his mother was holding his brother in her arms he was a baby and his sister on the other side and the father had died the day before the mother had no education and was not well and uh through circumstances, we begin to sponsor him, and he will be someday the pastor in La Pierre, which you've all heard me talk about. I'll probably talk about more in the next service. He's in Bible school. He will graduate, I believe, in another year. I'm not sure. if it's, They keep telling me 13 months. I don't know what that means. But anyway, uh, yeah, everything's 13 months. It's all going to happen in 13 months. Just stay around for 13 months, and you'll see it all. And <laughs> and so he will graduate then. We have another girl, it's all, and both of them, both of these boys are living in the home, helping take care of the home. Marty's been overseeing the home since its inception. And, uh, Then we have Estelle who came from another home and was raised there. And she will be a nurse in 13 months. And that was the dream of her life. And I said, Estelle, I don't have the money, honey, to put you through school. And I said, you just pray. And so for probably four or five years, that girl prayed that God would make a way for her to go to nursing school. And I took a pastor over uh a couple years ago, Jan, and, uh, she got to talking with her, and she said, Estelle, I'm going to sponsor you in nursing school. And so in another 13 months, she will be graduating. And I said, what do you plan to do? And she said, oh, I'm going to stay in the home and help take care of the children. So but we'll see when that time comes. And it goes on and on like that with kids. We have a kid coming up right now, and I wish I could think of his name, but, um, one of our sponsored kids. He's about 12, 13, and he he is very, very intelligent. Again, to look at him in the beginning, you'd think, I don't know. But this kid has really a high level of intelligence. He's already computer knowledgeable. Marty says he knows everything and more than I know. And that's not always safe. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he will be going into intermediate school this year. and. Uh, Our little girls are growing up and life is progressing on. We've just put another lady into the home because we found out that we need more with the... Three older ones going to school, uh, the housekeeper and the laundry lady, have their hands full. I probably shared with you before that laundry lady pray for her. God bless her. She she sits with a tub of water and piles of clothes and scrubs clothes out. And uh, every day of the week to keep those kids clean. Hangs them over the fence line, whatever. And it's a Haitian way. When you go down by the water, they lay them on the rocks. And uh, I'll talk to you about that in La Pierre, next service. How am I doing camera? I'm doing good. I got 10 more minutes. <laughs> okay. Um the average age the average uh, age there you it, uh, the people living over 65 is just a very small percentage, something like 3%, because of the way the health conditions are. And yet we've had people, we lost one this year, one of our ministers, it was over 100. Wow. And uh we have one, she's right now, I'm not sure if she's in the States or if she's down in Haiti. And she was kind of the mother to all of it. And... uh She's 105, I believe now, and still fairly sharp. If you walk in, uh, she remembers you, and she has her Bible beside her. And I, I saw her down in Haiti a couple of years ago. Well, she was 104 then, so she's 106 now. And I always ask about Noni, and they, oh, Noni's fine. Noni's fine. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, but she has good care. They take her to Haiti in the wintertime because the family's up in New York. They have a Haitian church up there, and they bring her home in the summertime. Um, let's see. Yeah, they bring her home in the summertime, Haiti in the wintertime. And uh, we've had our t- other challenges this year, many challenges, but, you know, we also had some illnesses over there. And, uh they had cholera we had five of our kids had cholera and uh a couple of one of them we just got out of the hospital from uh, malaria she's had two rounds of with that and once they get malaria it's very very difficult to get rid of that and uh We're just believing God for. We're sending extra vitamins, and when I go, I'm going to take vitamins and keep building her system because I've been through this before, and we finally lost the boy, and he would get better for a while, and then he'd go back down. He was a miracle. He was dying when he came into one of our health clinics. We used to do uh, medical teams and he came in and his dad held him like this and his head hung over there and his feet hung over here and uh, the doctor looked at him and said there's not much I can do but whenever we do medical clinics we always have a spiritual clinic so in order to get their gift they we always give them a gift and uh, maybe it's if we have if we have the medicine they need cuz generally on those you have a lot of medicine donated from pharmaceutical companies and uh if you have the medicine that they need we give it to them and otherwise if we, they sometimes they come they don't even need medicine and so he gives them a prescription and they get maybe a new comb and whatever some little things but in order to get that they have to go through the spiritual clinic and so Samuel during the spiritual clinic God touched him instantly and he began to get strength his dad put him down he was walking around and he lived to be uh, I think he lived to be probably in his 20s somewhere and then he kind of disappeared and we said what happened to Samuel they said we think he died so we're not even sure but we had a lot of times that he had to go back to the doctor and back for health so that you know you have all these day-to-day challenges I guess it's people don't think about it but When you have things in your home, you have to take your kids to the doctor. We have to take the kids to the doctor. When you have discipline issues, you have to discipline. We had a discussion over that after they took the doors off of the outside bathroom. And they called me and they said, um, no, the owner of the house went down. he called me when he got home and he said, you know, Darlene, I Because they had put Haitian, what we call Haitian bathrooms, outside for the kids. And he said, there's no doors on there. I said, what do you mean there's no doors on there? And he said, no, they've taken the doors off. The kids have taken the doors off. I don't know really who took them off. But anyway, we, we, they're back on now. And... Uh, when the earthquake took place, we thought we didn't have any damage from the earthquake. We found out afterwards that everything under the house, it had shaken, moved like this, and all the pipes and everything were all coming apart, and there was all kinds, and then what happened somehow, probably from the poor way they were put together i'm not a plumber so i don't know but there was a lot of corrosion and dirt and stuff so we got to the place we didn't have any plumbing in the house and we had to have a plumber come and he started outside and he went all the way through and we still have some issues in the kitchen with that and the bathrooms and we need all new bathrooms when we took the house it needed some things and uh we need to put new toilets and new sinks in there, and that's down the road. I've considered shipping them over there to be put in, but then you've got to have someone that can put them in, and, uh, a lot of issues that go on with this. We'll get it done. We do have the showers work in the house, and the bathrooms work, but it, it, you guys wouldn't want to use them. I shouldn't have got into that, should I? <laughs> Well anyway, how am I doing, Cameron? yeah, just about there i 've got five minutes. Should I ask if anyone has a question? Yeah, if any of you have a question, as long as there's someone I can answer <laughs> okay don 't be bashful i'm i'm sorry We did. I'm going to talk about that next service. Well, well, these people won't be here next service. You won't be here next service. Okay. A whole different group of people. Oh, okay. Well, La is a whole other issue. A few many years back, way before I ever got into anything with children, we were going to a village out in Haiti that we had our very first miss- missions. Way, way out. It's about a six, seven-hour trip, and uh, we went through a little town, a little village called La Pierre. It sits on the side of a hill. Some of the people actually live in the rock caves. It's um, a salt area, and the only thing that was ever there was salt mines. It's built right up it's within an area where you go right down to the water and it's when you get down to the water it's gorgeous we had land given to us oh, probably six eight years ago and uh, to build a church and we the first thing we did because there was no water in the area no drinking water in the area the people were using water that came down out of a stream on from the mountain and uh they would take their baths wash their clothes and the whole thing in that water and then take the water home to drink so as you can imagine there was lots of sickness and so we really felt to put a well in before we did anything else and show the people in the community that we cared about them and we did that that's been in now two or three years Every time I ever get a letter from there, and we have established a group of people that are Christians there, and our next goal is to build. It's just been the cost of the building that we haven't been able to do it because we have the ongoing cost with other things, especially with the orphanage. And uh, so we put the well in, and every time I get a letter, they always thank us for the well always thank us for the well and i recently had one and they said we thank god for the well because the water dried up from the mountain this year and we would have had no water at all and so he sent, they sent me pictures which eventually i'll probably make so we can show them um they showed me pictures of the people coming with their laundry and their children and everything and they kind of gather around the well and they pump the water up they wash their clothes and then they take the kids down to the ocean there right there along the beach. They give the kids a bath and uh, take enough water and carry it way back up on the hillsides for their drinking water they're precious people and our goal there is to have a church but to use it for a school there's no school in the village they any of the children that ever go to school have to go out of the village we have i think three of their kids in our orphanage and they're kids that had no parents at all there's several orphans that have lived and they just exist there the people feed them what they can and uh so we've had several come out of there and have them in school and uh They need their own school. They need their own church. We have young Livingston. Well, he's not that young anymore, but anyway, he's going to be their pastor. He started the work and he has an uncle that is actually a college teacher. And he goes there along with one of our other pastors. They go there and do services with them. And when we can build a building, we will start a school. Livingston will graduate in 13 months and uh, he plans to move out there. It's close to his hometown, home village. And uh, about two hours from his home village, and he will start <clears throat> with the church. Between he and his uncle, they will have a school there, and then we would plan to have a feeding program because it's a very, very poor village. And when you come there, they always need food, so much so that um, the. Livingston's uncle, whose name slips my mind at this second. Anyway, he wrote me a letter, and he said, Is it possible that once a month we could have money to take food to them so we could make a meal there? Because every Christmas we do a big Christmas dinner for them. And he said, If we could do that once a month, it would be so appreciated because these people, many of these people, are starving so we try to do that and uh, we just started that and we try to send money and we're going to get that a little better organized when i go there in november and there's just so many things you're just you work on and on and you get it straightened out and things going well in one area and then there's just all these needs it's endless i could live to be 200 it would never ever to be done because there's just endless and endless needs because that country is so in need i don't know if you saw this last hurricane that went through thank god it didn't do anything to our children's home and i don't have reports yet as as far as the villages are concerned but it hit down in Jackmail where it always hits and i don't think it did too much damage out in the area of where la pierre and all these other churches we have a lot of churches out in one area which is north of uh, port-au-prince but When I looked at those people living in those tents, did you see that on your news? Living in those tents, waiting around in that mud, those mothers with those babies. And you know the hunger issues. You know all of their needs and the things that go on in those tent cities. Women, you don't want to live in one, trust me. And it's very, very difficult life. How they survive, I don't know. Many of the now the one thing the media never gets around to telling you is all the good things that have happened. A lot of good things have happened in Haiti this um, last couple years. They have areas where they've built new homes. The Baptists have built a lot of little homes, and as long as they keep them clean, they're allowed to stay there for the rest of their lives, and it's decent living. Uh, Some of the others, there's a few other organizations also that have done things, but because of the many disasters, they keep. Having a lot of the money goes into help down with medical and things like that. A lot of the teams that go in from other organizations are medical teams, and uh, they go there primarily to help with the disaster thing situations. And I bet my five minutes is up. (laughs) How am I doing? Anyway, pray for La Pierre. I didn't stop to think about. I wouldn't be sharing this in the next service. It's really my vision. I don't want to leave this world without that church getting built. That's in God's, that's in God's hands and, uh, about 25,000. That's what they tell me, but then that's what, you know, that's the starting point. I don't know. It shouldn't be more than that, but at least the, the, pastor that's interested in really following through and getting it done he's very intelligent and he's very organized good christian has children of his own and has a decent life of his own because he is a teacher and uh he will be overseeing it, and that's very important in Haiti. How you have overseeing—that's another thing. For a long time, I didn't feel we had anyone to oversee it. We tried taking teams in to build, but in a situation like that, there's no place to stay. So you got to drive back to uh, uh, Gonaïves to stay. They do have a halfway decent hotel there now, and uh, that's about a two and a half, three-hour trip back. Then to go to Port-au-Prince, you've still got another four or five hours. So it's a long time to go. We We've, we have gone and come in one day many times. But in order when they start building, it would be fine if we had people that wanted to go and help. But I would like to see it established down there so it can get finished and can be done right without. Because we went through a lot of things with the well. As those of you that have followed, that was about, it should have been maybe three months and it was three years. God bless you Sorry if I didn't bring it all together for you But anyway stay around It might get better Thank you darling